Hello and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. We are your hosts, Eric and Sarah. Welcome back. A quick reminder, we are now filming all of our podcast episodes moving forward. So if you'd rather listen with a little bit of a visual element, check out our YouTube channel. What Is Life Dude podcast. Yes. Yes. Um, So first thing I noticed when we started recording this episode is that, um, well, I shaved my face, which is something I never really ever do. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the microphone feels so nice up against my upper lip, which mm-hmm. usually has a very thick mustache on it. Right. I can really feel the breeze up there. <laughs> I also notice how small my upper lip is. Mm-hmm. I just like shaved it and I was like, it's so tiny. It's like a quarter of an inch wide. <laughs> it's just very, very small. I have to admit, Eric has only shaved once over the course of our relationship Mm. so it was very it was mildly unsettling i think it still is (laughs) to see you just look so different from what i'm used to so it it's finally kind of settled in for me but yeah that's because it's growing back (laughs) just in time for it to grow back i'm getting used to the new look yeah all right so aside from my mustache or lack thereof Mm -hmm. what are we talking about today okay today's topic is going to be about synchronicity but a different way of thinking about it We're going to be kind of giving another life update, but we're going to weave in this thing that's been coming up a lot for us, which is kind of taking negative experiences or roadblocks and finding the hidden upside, I guess, the benefit, kind of learning to consider not just positive, lucky things as synchronicities, but also what we would initially consider to be negatives. Yeah. So kind of the first thing we want to talk about that so we're going to give this a little move update but it also ties into the bigger topic so we're moving to atlanta for at least two months we have a temporary housing solution um my cousin dylan lives out there and he has spent his whole life there so he knows a bunch of people and basically he has a friend of a friend of a friend <laughs> who has two houses um and she's not living in her atlanta house for the summer so we're going to stay there for july and august potentially longer on a month-to-month basis but it's fully furnished and super convenient very lucky because we were kind of floundering trying to decide where we're going to move next we weren't ready to commit to another place but we just knew we wanted to leave colorado Mm -hmm. and then this opportunity just kind of came out of nowhere and we were like dang I guess we're going to Atlanta. Yeah. So our original plan was to do what we have done the last two times when we've moved, mm-hmm. which is put all of this, put all of our stuff in one of those moving pods, get it shipped to Atlanta, unload it into, it's a very big house, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. <laughs> um, we were just going to kind of unload everything into like one of the extra rooms that we're not going to be using. So we don't have to pay for storage. And then we were going to kind of apartment hunt or house hunt in Atlanta, mm-hmm. move all of our stuff whenever we found a new place yeah so eric does this thing eric is you know virgo rising venus virgo he's very i don't know every time we need logistics managed he's like on it every time we've moved he's been on top of all of the all the logistics setting things up with the shipping pod that's like the the stuff i'm good at yeah i'm just And I'm terrible at that because I'm very scatterbrained and I'm fully willing to just fly by the seat of my pants with everything. So Eric's disappears one day. I'm like cleaning the kitchen, trying to start packing early because the kitchen has always been like a massive nightmare every time we've moved. There's just so much stuff. 
Yeah. We just have a lot of cooking stuff. So I'm doing that. Eric kind of disappears into the studio. And I find out he's trying to set up our shipping pod thing. Yeah. So I was talking to the company and getting a quote. Um, and basically for the, we haven't gotten like extra, any extra furniture, anything of note since we've lived here. So we have the same amount of stuff we need to move. And we might even have less. We might even have less. And it's roughly the same distance as last time we moved. So I checked, got a quote, and the price was twice as much as it was last time. A lot. It's a lot. Move, a lot. It's a lot. Especially because one of the... Not It was not the primary reason, but one of the reasons that we wanted to move to a different place is that the cost of living in Colorado is skyrocketing. <laughs> and we just couldn't, we don't love it enough here to justify paying that much. And very quickly, we realized that all of the moving costs, especially now it's summer, most popular time to move. And we live in a college town, so I'm sure that affects. And inflation is at an all-time high with everything. Yeah. Yeah. The rent is too damn high. So we re- quickly realized that the cost of moving everything right now would kind of outweigh what we like. It would eliminate our savings, basically, from moving to a lower cost of living area over the course of a year. Right. Like by paying that much, we might as well just <laughs> rent a super expensive place in Colorado. And over mm-hmm. the course of a year, we'll end up having paid the same amount. Yeah. And you're like, OK, well, that's not going to do. And on top of that, we were like, well, what if we go to Atlanta and we don't like it enough to move there permanently? Then we're going to pick up and move all of our crap again. We were just feeling really stuck <laughs> panicked. and panicked and mm-hmm. kind of paralyzed. Yeah. Because we were like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell them what we did? What we decided? You tell them. <laughs> so we decided, well, first, before we even get there, the first thing we did is say, do we even want to move to Atlanta? Should we just move somewhere closer? Right. Should we just move to Kansas City? Because Kansas City is like nine hours away driving from Colorado. Like it's really not that far. And we were like, well, you know, we know people who have lived there and grew up there and they say it's great. And like we could live there for like a year or whatever. Then it'd be much cheaper to get our stuff there. Every year we just move like a few states <laughs> to closer the east. to the east coast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, what we decided to do is put all of our stuff in a storage unit here where we live right now, mm-hmm. because then we don't have to worry about it. But it's kind of it's part of this bigger conversation about what we own and why we own it. Yeah. And if we even care about any of our stuff, <laughs> you know, like we were like, let's say like we were just having this hypothetical converse- conversation, like, let's just say we just drive both of our cars to Atlanta and leave stuff in storage. And just bring our essentials. Can we fit just our essentials in the car? What do we even need? And we were talking about it and we were like... We were writing a list, (laughs) just inventorying everything we actually use on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it's like clothes, toiletries. A couple of instruments. Microphones, camera. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, yeah. Like when when you take furniture out of the equation Mm -hmm. there's at least for us there's so little that we actually use on a daily basis right so we were like yeah we can absolutely fit all of our necessities in our cars and just put like we don't need our dresser and nightstands just put it in storage Mm -hmm. and see what happens which kind of that's kind of the whole point right is that we were floundering and then it yeah we came to this decision to leave everything in storage 
over the course of like a one and a half hour panicked conversation, just standing in the kitchen, there's like a mess around me because I was in the middle of kind of like organizing the pantry, getting rid of stuff. And we're just like, oh my God, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. And then we're like, wait, like why didn't this occur to us sooner? We literally don't have to bring everything. Mm -hmm. We don't have to commit to anything. And this kind of leads us into the topic, which is that, Sometimes we're just executing our program, right? We're very fixed in our mindsets for the most part. We're very conditioned to behave in a specific way. We have our identities. And unless there are interruptions from the outside world to those patterns, we just kind of like do whatever like we're used to. And what we were used to was pack up all our crap and lug it around the country with us. Mm -hmm. You know, we've done it. And... We pro- Eric probably would have gone ahead and booked all of that if we hadn't run into that roadblock of it being like astronomically expensive. Yeah, if it was the price it was last time, which is what we were expecting, mm-hmm. we like you said, we would have just been like, yep, that's what we were planning on. We did it. And instead we were like, oh, it's twice as much. What do we do? Also, we looked into moving companies versus the pods and it was like twice as much as the twice as expensive pod. Mm-hmm. It's um wild out there. Yeah. Be safe. <laughs> <laughs> so it, this whole, it was like, it was like you said at the beginning of the episode, it was like a negative, like the universe wasn't giving us something positive at first, right. but we had to find the positive in it. And it actually was right in front of our faces, mm-hmm. but just because of our past experience it never occurred to us, we can just be free. Like we don't have to plant roots right now. We can view the next several months year whatever honestly as an experimental phase and go around we don't have to commit to moving somewhere long term until we find that place that really feels good to us yeah and speaking of this kind of solution being right in front of us one of my sisters moved from queens to seattle Mm -hmm. like a year and a half ago and they left all of their stuff in storage and just brought I, they they rented a car and filled it with their essentials because they lived in the city and they lived in New York City and didn't have no one has a car there, so they rented a car filled it with all their necessities and they've been living in Seattle with family for a year and a half, and they're like we don't even want the shit in our <laughs> fucking storage unit yeah. like we've forgotten about it we've mm-hmm. been we've been surviving for a year and a half right. just with stuff that we brought in one single car mm-hmm. and I'm like their experience was right in front of us yeah. And I mean, I asked, I was like, are you like fine? She's like, yeah, I don't even want my stuff anymore. (laughs) And, you know, it's kind of the same thing for us. Like I said before, once you take out like, oh, yeah, when we get to the house in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. there's a kitchen, there are dishes, there are glasses, there, there's a desk, there are two beds. I'm like, we don't, all we need to do is fill it with stuff to like make music and make videos. Things we love, you know? So this freed up. This freed up, I sound like I'm like an evangelical like <laughs> shroom taker. I'm like, this, free, this freed up our minds and like let us go to places we never imagined we could go. Yeah. And literally we were like, we can physically go anywhere we want. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what if, even if we really like Atlanta, we're like, what if, if after this temporary housing solution, we like move to Costa Rica right, or Mexico? And this started because we were talking to one of our friends and he was like, sometimes I just want to get out of the rat race. 
and like i just want to i just want to dip i just want to leave everything did he say dip i don't think brett said the word dip right Uh, i paraphrased this is our very adventurous friend who has traveled a lot was doing van life for a while he was in where did he adopt his adorable pooch uh he adopted meatball in mexico yeah yeah albondiga oh yeah yeah, he was like free diving in Mexico and found a stray dog and he fell in love with her and like went through all the jumped through all these hoops to get her back to the States and did successfully. Mm-hmm. But he was like, yeah, sometimes I just want to say like, fuck everything and go live in Costa Rica. He's like, you know how cheap it is there? We've been to Costa Rica mm-hmm. and we were all just like looking at real estate there and we're like, it is not America. That's for sure. Right. I mean, it kind of just like planted the seed in our heads that like we really can go anywhere Mm -hmm. there's a reason like digital nomad is a is a phrase that exists yep so i think that was opened up to a lot of people by the pandemic too because everyone started to realize they didn't necessarily have to go into their office to get the exact same amount of work done Mm -hmm. so i think it caused everyone to re-examine their priorities and realize, oh, there's more to just working and living in this loop. Mm. I mean, if you like your loop, you're welcome to. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because we saw my Colorado family over the weekend and just as kind of like a, a farewell for now. And I was telling my cousins and um, their like partners, I was like, yeah, you know, like we're thinking of like, after atlanta like what if we just like go to costa rica or something and i keep like phrasing it yeah, as, like, wouldn't that be crazy wouldn't that be oh wild my oh my god we would never do that unless you say just it's a good like, idea yeah just to see what everyone's reaction would be right and all of my cousins and their partners were like oh my god that sounds amazing if we didn't have the kids we or would be doing that if we didn't have a house or if i didn't have this job that i have to go into every day and we we're like dang like when you're living your life, you really kind of become numb to all the freedom you have or all the benefits you have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess that's just human nature. Like just to quickly habituate to everything good and want more or want different. Mm-hmm. We're like, it's really true. Like we can do our jobs from anywhere. Just need a camera and a pretty background. Mm-hmm. And Which is funny because we don't like the background we don't like any of the backgrounds in this home that we've been living in for over a year our little so cave just the irony of yeah, yeah we've been making it work mm-hmm. but yeah i mean no kids no pets no property we don't really own anything of consequence which i mean back to our original like our our core topic we hit this resistance from reality and we th- we panicked and then we sat with it for a while and then we realized that all of these different possibilities were open to us and from there we just kept peeling off more and more layers and so kind of where we're at now is thinking do we even want to put as much stuff into storage as we thought do we really how much do we actually value all of the furniture and decorations and stuff and yeah so we're trying to decide how attached we are to all those things i have a feeling what's going to happen is we're going to put all of our stuff in storage now come back at Mm -hmm. some point after or during the atlanta 
experience or experiment and like sell a lot of the stuff and then move what's left over into a very tiny unit Mm -hmm. and leave that so we can fly away (laughs) somewhere into the jungle or on the beach and it was funny because when we were with my family everyone i spoke to was like oh my god go to costa rica go to mexico go go to guatemala do it Mm -hmm. and then i spoke to my 92 year old grandparents (laughs) You need to settle down. You need to start thinking about what the rest of your life is going to look like. And I was like, I'm taking this whole thing with a grain of salt. A mm-hmm. huge 90-year-old yeah, grain of salt. Right. Um, and then I told my cousins what had happened with my grandparents. And they were like, don't listen to grandpa. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know. They just have a different... Yeah, you know, they're worried about us. Yeah, they have a different worldview. Yes. Right. So I guess to wrap up this little segment of the episode... I think sometimes we are wanting something in our lives. Like I would always, we together would always say, oh man, I wish we were freer. I wish we could go more. I wish we could travel. I wish we didn't feel so encumbered by all of our crap, you know? And over the past several years, and we've documented this, if you go back to our episodes from a couple years ago, like we have just been in this process of getting rid of things, getting rid of distractions, not only like physical things that we've acquired because we were kind of trying to live up to somebody else's standard of success, you know, building the home, building all the decorations and getting rid of those things, but also activities we waste our time on that kind of distract us from the things that really bring us joy and we would always say like freedom freedom i want freedom and we'd go like on a weekend trip or something and we'd be in an airbnb and it would be so sparse you know just the things we needed just a a suitcase of clothes and maybe we'd bring a guitar or our ps4 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we'd have so much fun and it would feel so good and then i go back home And I'd be like, why do I feel so like blue? I'd always have this depression after coming back from a place where I felt very like detached from like my identity that I had built with things, right? So I'd wanted that. And then I was about to get ourselves into a situation where we were just carrying that around with us and creating less freedom for ourselves and then we reached this interruption like reality gave us this pattern interruption and we were like oh we're actually being delivered exactly the thing we were asked for we were asking for yeah and all we had to do was do the math and (laughs) And be broke no (laughs) (laughs) all we had to do was realize that um for the same price it would have cost to move all of our stuff to atlanta we could keep it in a storage unit in colorado for four years (laughs) and it'll (laughs) then we'll break even right so yeah i mean it's just wild how like you said you kind of you want to live up to like a certain standard right and you you don't even realize that you're doing it yeah like i had never noticed and i was like wait i'm feeling pressure like from my parents Mm -hmm. who have never pressured me overtly right right they have never like they're fully in support of both of us now pursuing like an artistic creative Mm -hmm. um career and like if i went and got a job yeah like some corporation or like a bank Mm -hmm. my dad would be like oh okay like he wouldn't even be happy about it well he'd be supportive of your decision he would but i think he'd kind of recognize that it's not what you're going for right yet in my head i'm like 
I have to, you know, have the house that people want to go to. And mm-hmm. I have the pictures of the family and the tchotchkes. And because the tchotchkes. that's what they have. But right. they've never even pressured me to be like that. That's all my own doing. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long, long time to realize that that's happening. And here we are. As far as tchotchkes and physical belongings, material belongings go, I want to talk more a little bit about how much of our identity we wrap up in them. Because in our last, in the last place we were renting ourselves, because we were briefly living with my mom and sister, we had extra bedrooms. We had so much stuff. We had a guest room. We rarely had an occasion to use. And the guest room had like decorations in it. And it was like, why? Because I was drawing this weird sense of pride from just being able to have another person as a guest, which might be really authentic and beautiful for someone else, or maybe even for me at a later point in my life, but it was just empty, just everything collecting dust. I think I think having the ability and the means to like host a guest, a mm-hmm. loved one or a friend. Also, I think friends are loved ones sometimes, depending are, on who the friend is. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking of how James, our friend James always comes and sleeps over. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, James is a loved one. <laughs> He's just <laughs> not like a relative. And like th- there is something special about being able to host. But I think we just realized like we're not in that place yet it doesn't need to be a priority Mm -hmm. you know but like remember when my dad came Mm -hmm. and stayed and like there's the whole guest room downstairs for him and he was so comfortable like i I did i'm sure you also felt like that pride like Mm -hmm. we're adults but then fast forward to when we moved out of that house into sarah's family's home where we had one albeit a very large room we still only had one room Mm -hmm. we were like fuck (laughs) we have so much stuff Mm -hmm. that we now have to get rid of right one way or another and i'm so glad we were that's another thing another example of reality kind of serving you this limitation that reroutes you to a better place a clearer place a place that's more in proximity to where you're trying to get anyway you just didn't know Mm -hmm. because we're just blinded by our conditioning i guess it is really hard to handle though (laughs) because like part of us just wants to like put all of the stuff instead of in storage just Mm -hmm. like out in the wilderness and like set it on fire and leave (laughs) because we're like just take it it." might be healing yeah Yeah. (laughs) another thing and then we can move on to the next topic which i think is actually which which might be the juiciest part of the podcast Mm -hmm. because it's really cool but i as, as i've been gradually packing all my stuff in the kitchen i'm realizing how much i have acquired and own because i'm a food blogger and I would see other people, other content creators, and I'd like the way their photos look or the way their videos look and the props they had and all the styling. And I'd immediately be pulled into, I need all this stuff too. I've gone through different phases of this with different parts of my life. Like I'd start to study more filmmaking and video editing and be like, I need all this gear. Or I need all this food styling stuff and I need to acquire all these different gadget kitchen tools and gadgets so I can make more interesting content and I'd acquire it and I wouldn't use it or I'd use it once because it wasn't coming from like an authentic place inside of myself. It was kind of just coming from the comparison and feeling like I'd see other people being successful and I think that if I just copied all the steps they took that I'd get there too. So 
I'm just going through everything we own in the kitchen and I'm like, shit, do I need this? Is this like even to be a food blogger? Could I do it in a more minimalistic way, more in a way that puts me back in touch with why I actually love cooking? You know, so that's been interesting to navigate. Yeah, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to sort through. (laughs) It's hard to sort through the physical stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then it's hard to sort through the thoughts you have about all the physical stuff. Um, So like, as a musician, I've gone through things like that, too, where like I'm looking at I have guitar pedals on the floor here that aren't plugged in. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I remember I bought the one on the end. I'm like, I bought that because like I thought it would I thought it would serve some purpose or make me into a certain part a certain kind of guitar player Mm -hmm. and it just like hasn't and I'm like I should probably get rid of that even like yesterday we were talking about all the guitars we have Mm -hmm. and you were like do you want to sell your mandolin and I'm like no I bought that in college because like I wanted I just like love it it's such a beautiful instrument and I literally never play it do you know why because I'm not a mandolin player like I I could be that's Mm -hmm. why I bought it but I haven't tried to be and i and i've had it for like seven years Mm -hmm. and i haven't it's really hard to admit this publicly (laughs) i haven't really played it all that much ever Mm -hmm. and i'm like maybe i like i'm coming to this realization on the podcast i'm like maybe i should just sell the mandolin because someone else will have will get more use out of it like that's just not maybe that's just not who i am and that's okay or it could be later when you actually feel like intrinsically motivated to do it right there's nothing like more damaging to me in my day-to-day life than like seeing something i bought when i thought i was another person or when i was trying to be another person and just like seeing the mental dollar sign like what i paid for it hovering over it and being like shit like i spent that much so i have to use it and then just every day the same thing Mm -hmm. like the wasted potential but it's like you have infinite potential in every direction what potential do you actually feel good pursuing you know you just feel so confronted with (laughs) like things you you didn't do or tried to do and failed at Mm -hmm. and the case of me with buying a mandolin i just really i'm being confronted with not ever having put in the effort right but after that confrontation now i'm thinking like you know it's okay. Yeah. It's 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 truly, truly fine. It really is. Yeah. It's a lesson. Just consider it a, you know, um, $500 lesson. No, it's fine. And like, it's so important, I think, to be able to liberate the things that we're not using because someone else could create, like, derive a lot of joy from it. Mm-hmm. And that comes back to you, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to list the mandolin um, <laughs> on Facebook Marketplace after we finish the podcast. We live in Colorado. People are all about bluegrass here. Someone mm-hmm. will buy it. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the, as you said, what's probably going to be the juiciest section. Mm-hmm. How shall we get into this? So I'll just, I'll just dive right into it. A little backstory. This whole thing is about me and my dad. Okay. So dad, if you're listening, you're going to get some great screen time right now. Well, <laughs> not literally. <laughs> we'll just put some Glenn B-roll up on the screen. We'll, we'll put it like a, like a montage, you know, where like our video is overlaid with videos of my dad. All right, that's enough. <laughs> so when we were moving from California back to Colorado last year, I, we were driving through Arizona and I was just looking at all the beautiful landscapes and all like the red rocks. And I was like, you know, ever since I have lived out west, I always think about my family who lives in New York 
I'm like, I wonder if they ever like want to take trips out here and like, like none of them are ever going to be on top of a 14er in Colorado. They're just not those kinds of people. They're not going to come visit Colorado and do like some crazy intense hike. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder if they're ever like, oh, I wish, I wish to see more of this, of this place. And I especially was thinking about my dad. So we like stopped at a gas station during the drive and I pulled out my phone and I texted him. I'm like, do you want to do some sort of like national park adventure with me at some point? Like we could rent a van and I don't know, we could go to like Yellowstone or the Grand Canyon or something. And then we started driving again. And a few hours later, I picked up my phone again and he had answered me and I fully expected him to be like, uh, no, (laughs) I don't, you know, cause he's, um, he likes to stay in hotels and stuff. I mean, so do I. I just didn't think he would want to do this kind of dirty adventure thing. Mm-hmm. But to my surprise, he was like, uh, fuck yeah, that sounds amazing. So we were just talking about like taking this van trip to Yellowstone um, at like the beginning of this fall. So this year came around and it was like January. And my dad was like, we got to start planning this Yellowstone trip. And I was like, okay. And we both did like the tiniest bit of research, but neither of us could fully get invested in planning this trip. For me, I'm just like, I've been trying to figure out like a long-term career and we're try- we've are we been trying to figure out like where we're going to go next. It's just like, there was so much going on in my life that I just couldn't find the mental capacity mm-hmm. to do research. Right. And every time I would ask Eric about it, he'd be like, "Uh, I don't know. And I was so shocked because rewind back to the start of this episode, Eric is Mr. Logistics. (laughs) Every time something needs to be planned, he's on it. He's proactive about it. Mm -hmm. So I was really shocked that he wasn't already like having everything laid out like night by night. And my dad's kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. And he, he did do the bulk of the small amount of research we ended up doing. And he was like, oh, we could stay, we could go here, then here, then here. And the whole motivation behind this trip was, like I said before, Yellowstone is a place where my, is a place that my dad and I both have always wanted to see. And we wanted to have like a week of bonding time. And we wanted to both get out of our comfort zones, like just going around in a van and I don't know, not showering and <laughs> pooping in a bucket, you know, oh, those, that kind of, <laughs> sorry, uh, like that kind of thing. And so there were just all these factors like this is why we want to go do this trip together. And then we just didn't really plan it. So then it was getting down to like late spring and like Yellowstone books very, very early. Right. So we were like, if we don't like book our cabins or our camp spots, you know, like before May is over, like we're boned, like we're not going to get anything. And then my dad started having this hip problem, and long story short, he needs a hip replacement, which is now going to happen next month, but he was just in extreme pain, and he was like, I don't know if I can go on this trip, I don't know if I'm going to need a hip replacement, and I'm like, we don't know where we're moving, the whole thing just fell apart. And it ended up being, well, do you have any thoughts on what I've said so far? Mm, Not really. No? Okay. I wasn't sure if there's anything you wanted to, anything I missed or skipped over basically the whole trip we're like we're doing it next year there's too much going on we couldn't plan it in time 2023 we'll do it so then my dad asked me he was like so when i have this hip surgery will you fly up to new york by yourself so i 
don't love flying that i like flying but being on an airplane gives me anxiety Mm -hmm. and when i'm with sarah i'm better when i take klonopin before i board (laughs) i'm fine i would like to train myself to not rely on meds every time i fly so kind of since the yellowstone trip fell apart we were presented with a new opportunity for me to get out of my comfort zone fly from atlanta to new york by myself kind of help take care of my dad for a week or so and have a little bonding time together and yeah well just to provide a little more context if you're kind of new to the podcast last year maybe Mm. or early this year we did an episode about how eric has been having some anxiety about going places alone just over the past year i guess and i think a lot of that stems from like just us being together constantly over the course of the pandemic i feel like i mean when we shared that episode i think a lot of people reached out and said they Mm -hmm. were dealing with something similar yeah so that has been something that he hasn't really needed to resolve as much just because we both work from home and we're presented with very few opportunities to like nothing really makes us go anywhere alone right i have to be like oh, we need more Oatly for lattes. Uh, I'm going to go by myself just to go do something by, like there's no, usually we just go together. Mm-hmm. We've been forcing ourselves. I'm like, let me just go to the grocery store by myself. Mm-hmm. So that's like a whole nother thing where aside from the actual anxiety of flying or about flying, it's also like, oh, I'm going to do this whole thing by myself. Alone. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just kind of, it was just this weird existential moment where we were like, well, now we're losing this whole trip and we're losing like all the positives we were going to get out of it. And uh, most of the reason is because my dad has to have this surgery, which is going to be painful. (laughs) And, you know, it's surgery. So we're like, wait, there is something good coming out of it, which is we can uh, we can achieve the same things and we can have the same kind of experience um, for a much different reason and the last thing that i haven't even mentioned about this whole yellowstone trip is that like last week there was this insane flooding in montana and in yellowstone and they had to close the park and like evacuate everyone out and i mean not making this about my experience and my dad me and my dad's experience because it's like a whole global warming climate change mess Mm -hmm. but now it's like wait even if we had planned the trip could we have even gone or is it all going to be closed and everything so that was just a weird like wow okay maybe our trip would have gotten messed up anyway right so all this to say now we're going to be able to basically have the same experiences and get the same thing the same bonding things out of it um just and you're going to be challenged to leave your comfort zone which is Personally, very important. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And I think that when you, because you guys will go on the trip maybe next year or the year after, and both of you will be able to do it in more comfort because he'll be in more physical comfort and you will have already kind of stretched your boundaries. Mm-hmm. You won't be dunked into this crazy like experience without having kind of expanded your boundaries again mm-hmm. first. Yeah, so exactly. So I think it'll be an overall better experience in the future. Who knows what we'll be able to do with my dad's fresh new metal hip (laughs) and my fresh new brain. (laughs) Right. So 
you want to segue this into speaking of dads and sons (laughs) and health issues and anxiety yeah so (laughs) so just in trying to conquer her this anxiety once and for all um i've been going to play basketball a lot at the park that's like very close to our house walking distance yeah usually sarah comes with me um and will like listen to a book or like read or sit under a tree in our in our camping chair and just like enjoy being outside which is very much your personality lazy (laughs) (laughs) comfortable thirsty whereas mine i'm like running around getting as sweaty as possible playing basketball but the other day i was like i want to go play before i have to teach this lesson and Sarah was like, I don't want to go. And I was like, um, okay, I guess I'll go by myself. And it was just a little like, oh, I'm going to go by myself. Okay. Let's see what happens. <laughs> like, let's see what happens. It just seems so silly to say. Uh, so then I, I went and I was like, eh, you're going to be fine. You're close to the house. Doesn't matter. It just, it doesn't matter. You're just going to play basketball like you always do. Mm-hmm. So then I got there and there was a guy and an older guy playing basketball together and they were like oh we're just wrapping up like then you can play and i was like oh i was gonna ask if you guys wanted to all three of us play together Mm -hmm. and the older guy who was the younger guy's dad was like oh you guys play one-on-one and like i'll hang to the side so i started playing with this guy and he was much much taller than me like most people who play basketball are and it was just a very unfair matchup so he was like oh dad like why don't you come back in and play and you guys can play against me so like the short guy and the old guy against the tallest, <laughs> most fit guy. We're like, okay. So we're just playing and kind of like playing casually and having fun and chatting. And then the son quipped at his dad. He was like, oh, you're doing pretty well for a guy who died last year. And I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> who says that? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> what? Can you guys fill me in on that? And he was like, oh, well, you know, I'm visiting my son. Um, like, I live in California. And last year, I came to visit. Um, I got off the plane at Denver International Airport, and I had a heart attack and died. And I was revived. Someone gave me CPR. I was revived at the airport. And here I am. And I was like, you can't just drop that. on a, That's crazy. You can't just <laughs> drop that on a stranger. And I was just, like, floored and perplexed. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, well, congratulations. Like, it's amazing. Not only that he's alive, but that we're all playing basketball together, like, randomly. So, if you don't know this about me, when I was 10, I had a pacemaker put in because my heart was stopping while I was asleep, and they happened to catch it, and here I am living to tell the tale. So, I told the dad, I was like, yeah, I had a pacemaker put in when I was 10, which is, most people get get pacemakers when they're, like, 70, Mm -hmm. right? So, he was like, oh, my God. So, we just had this kind of bond connection I gave him a fist bump. I was like, look at us here playing basketball together. The two like heart thing survivors. Heart thing. (laughs) Heart issues. Cardiac event survivors. Cardiac event survivors. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then we just kept playing and we just had a great time and I felt zero anxiety. I just felt like totally connected to these people Mm -hmm. and was just able to play and then they left and I was there by myself shooting around just like, wow, I'm so blessed to be alive. Being alive is awesome. I can't believe I'm alive. Why would I why would I have any anxiety? And it was just another very synchronistic mm-hmm. moment. Right. 
It was like you got rewarded for going out of your comfort zone, going alone, which you hadn't been able to, like even a week prior. And yeah, just what are the chances? Yeah, not only that there would be people who were nice and inviting and fun to play with, but we were able to bond over this very specific, somewhat related physical issue mm-hmm. that we both had. Yeah. And then I came home and I was like, babe. Right. Oh, my God. This thing oh happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty incredible. I was yeah. very happy and proud of you that you went. Thank you. Can I go again today or am I... I didn't feel great yesterday and Sarah was like, you're not allowed to play basketball today (laughs) or tomorrow. And I was like, but I feel fine today. Let me go play. He would like lie on the couch. He'd be like drinking water, eating some soup. He'd be like, I feel terrible. Then like 20 minutes later, he's like, we got to go to the storage unit. We got to drop off a couple loads of stuff. And I'm like, babe, you're not going to get better if you keep doing this. I'm like, but we got to (laughs) move. And I'm like, we literally have two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. All right, should we, I feel, it's so weird. I feel like all the examples are are my things today. It's, it's all good. It's very strange. We have a couple, just a couple that we'll touch on of ex- examples where things that at face value are negative, mm-hmm. but there's a hidden lesson in them, a hidden upside. Mm-hmm. And it's in some ways the universe just delivering you exactly what you were asking for in an unconventional package. I know this is like a little woo-woo for some people, but I don't... It's just, it's not woo-woo, it's true-true. I don't prefer to believe that we're just in this chaotic, meaningless universe. You know, I like to believe that things happen for a reason. That's my worldview that I've adopted that I feel makes me happier. I had the other worldview for many years Mm. because I was depressed. The other worldview being... Not everything's just random it's just chaotic there's there's no meaning there's no reason for any of it it's all bad like bad shit just and it does just happen but Mm -hmm. i think there is a way to extract some meaning from everything everything is just like i just pretend i'm in a movie you know i'm just building my mythology i'm just harry potter and some bad shit happened to me and then i'm gonna be a hero and have a really cool scar you know, isn't it funny that like sometimes I'll watch movies where people are going off and doing things by themselves mm-hmm. and I'm like, look how easy, like is it's so easy. Like they're mm-hmm. just like going into the wilderness by themselves. They're not having anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, wait, they're on a set with a bunch of people. Yeah. They're not actually in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And that's why it seems easy because it's not real. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. For some people doing that is totally fine. Like our friend James, who we were talking about. And Yellowstone, last year he just drove up to Yellowstone by himself and like camped for a week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sounds terrifying. Right. That's so far. Yeah. So far away. And I mean, just to tie this back into what I was saying at the beginning of the first section, which is like when you're living your life, you have all of these skills and gifts and you completely forget about it. Like James is probably not thinking like, oh man, I'm so brave going camping. But it's like to me, I'm like, that's unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Like I wish I had the bravery to do that. You know, mm-hmm. but I do know. Just always remember what you, what like skills you have, what you're good at. Give yourself some credit. And also, if you're struggling with something now, maybe you weren't struggling with it at a different time of your life, mm-hmm. and you can remind yourself. Like for me, this anxiety thing—it's only been for like the last year or so. I'm like, I've lived 27 years before that, where I 
did not give a shit if I were alone. So I just have to be like, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. You've just kind of like gone into this new place in your life where this thing has kind of manifested or started. But like, yeah, and it's broken. Right. And as challenging as it is and as crappy as it is and as crappy as it would be if you chose to just stay in it, like you are going to learn a lot from the experience and have a lot of depth added to your perspective. And that's that's artistic fodder there. Like as someone who writes music, I think you can use everything really. Mm hmm. So let's mosey on to <laughs> the next One last example. example. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of music, speaking of music, a few weeks ago, I, I've been so for the last year plus, I've been doing freelance music work, making theme songs, etc. And I've been teaching music production, songwriting lessons over Zoom, which is very fulfilling. And it's kind of always been in this place where I have like a few students and it hasn't it hasn't really been like a lot like it's not like I'm waking up and I have like 10 hours in a row like I have 10 students every single day mm-hmm. it's kind of like every day I have one two whatever it's mm-hmm. just a little bit but I've noticed I was like just recently too as I've been kind of having more students and more freelance work I'm like I haven't made anything on my own accord of my own accord Mm -hmm. i haven't made any of my own stuff in a while because usually what i would do is i would show my students like we'd look at for most of the session we'd look at what they're working on and like the last five minutes be like oh let me show you something cool see if you have any questions about what i'm doing and i'm like i don't have anything to show because every everything i've been making has been for a client and i'm also using a lot of my creative musical energy and knowledge to teach people and i'm like i don't know if i want to keep doing this maybe if it was like an extremely lucrative career Mm -hmm. i'd be like i wouldn't have maybe come to this conclusion but it's teaching teaching is you know you know right (laughs) it's funny because it's like teachers don't get paid that much but then you go online and coaches are always like serving you instagram ads how I scaled my coaching business to seven figures. And I'm like, really? Really? Is this a Ponzi scheme? Usually it is. But anyway. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it is. Yeah, I mean, if I could charge $300 for a session, I would keep teaching music production lessons. But that ain't going to happen for a few reasons. So I was kind of just... <laughs> well, mostly because I would... who Who's going to... Never mind. Never mind. So I was just thinking, I was like, do I want to continue doing this? Because like Sarah and I weren't singing. I wasn't writing music. We were singing, but we weren't making anything. That's true. We were just practicing a lot. Yeah. And then kind of I externalized these thoughts to Sarah. And then literally over the next two days, like most of my students were like, hey, man, like I'm just, I got to focus on school. Uh, work has been crazy. Uh, having a baby just like who's having a baby no one i made that one oh, okay sorry that was an elaborate lie <laughs> just one by one most of my students paused I, i'm i've been left with two students mm-hmm. two every other week and i'm like wow i i don't i can't explain that like i, I don't know everyone's life got busy at the same exact time around me after mm-hmm. i had said that 
And I was like, well, here's the space I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Reality's like, try it on. See what happens. And you could choose to be like, wow, I'm cursed. I'm going to be broke and just spend all of your time being anxious, you know, and doing things to distract yourself from the anxiety. Or you could be like, all right, reality, mission accepted. I'm just going to, everything that I wanted to do with that extra freedom, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to lean into it. And what have I been doing? I've been sitting at the piano just like playing. Right. Just because I want to. And it's not it's not a time thing, right? It's not like, because like I said, I didn't have, you know, a billion students a day where I didn't have time to like eat. I just didn't want to do music. I'd, I would have like, even after one lesson, I'm like, ah, I want to do something else. I want to like play baseball video games. I don't want to go look at music some more, mm-hmm. you know? And it's a lot less energetically draining. Like if I were working on my music, I could work on my music for hours. But it's like something about leaning into somebody else's creative work that kind of doesn't I mean, you do love it i do love it he always it... comes out of his lessons and he's like has so much to say and he mm-hmm. loves all of his students yeah so it is like it's I rewarding think it's, yeah in a certain way mm-hmm. right because i'm like oh i love that i can help people like achieve their dreams and then i'm like but if my dream is to make music i'm like i'm not really achieving mine by doing this mm-hmm. you know I think you will would have the capacity to teach a lot of students if you figured out how you wanted to be making music on your own first. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't leaving a lot of space for that. But I think once you're kind of in the flow of making your own music again, mm-hmm. I would bet that then your students are going to be like, oh, I want to resume lessons now. And you're like, cool. I'm in this like nice equilibrium. Everything's moving. Yeah. I bet that's going to happen. Yeah. That's why like... That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am figuring it out right now. We both are, you know, and that's why I'm like, should I just like be a, should I just basically do what I do for music production, but like with podcasts and just help people start podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cause well that, that's not music, but it's something I also am knowledgeable about right. and technically proficient in. Mm-hmm. So that would be fun too. If you want to start a podcast, let me know. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, I think both are good. And like you said, I think I just need to kind of take this time to explore what I want to be doing and then maybe people will come back and I'll be able to compartmentalize the situation. It's a good timing too because we are in such flux right now Mm -hmm. and it'll be better for you to be working with clients when you're more, when we're settled in the next place, you know? Mm -hmm. Or at least settled Settled in the idea that we're going to be moving around, mm-hmm. right? I love, I just love the idea of that. It doesn't sound that difficult to, once we know what we're bringing and the cars are filled and everything else is gone, I don't think it's going to be that hard to move from place to place because we no. just, we know everything's going to fit exactly the way it fit the first time, mm-hmm. unless we like buy something, which we are absolutely not allowed to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's crazy how little, like as we've been packing stuff away, I've just been kind of aggressive about putting stuff in storage early because I'm like so curious about how I will feel when I have just the essentials like in my field, you know, and I packed a bunch of kitchen stuff. 
I've always wanted like over like the past five years, I'm like, babe, let's just like get rid of all our dishes except for like one plate Mm -hmm. and one fork and one spoon for each of us. Mm -hmm. And we're never running the dishwasher. And there isn't a bunch of dirty dishes like piled in the sink. And like, I just have always my entire life. I'm just like craving emptiness. Mm -hmm. I can't explain it. I get a high when I'm dropping stuff off at like the Goodwill. Not Goodwill. That's not the best place to donate. But yeah, apparently Goodwill kind of sucks. Yeah. Either way, a donation center. I love emptying out. I love it. I'm addicted to it. Um, so that's what we've been going through. Where was, where was I going with this? I'm just really curious to see how the next several months go with just what is essential to us. Because I'm realizing even at the beginning of this moving process that I use so little. I have been getting so much use out of our Nintendo Switch. I'm like, I don't need any other hobbies. I just love playing. I've been playing Stardew Valley. I'm obsessed with it. I play video games like in the most intense way. Like I I research them. I have to optimize my gameplay and my time. Yeah, she's had like the Stardew Valley wiki page open. I mean, it was the same thing when we started playing Civ Six, mm-hmm. where like we had the wiki open because we were like what does it mean what do we do right how do we do it as efficiently as possible yeah yeah and we did we're good at it right so we've been i've been doing that eric's been playing basketball Mm. watching some baseball playing some music it's like there's so little and when there's so few things like in your visual field to react to or to be your options, it's like you really get to this really solid, like good feeling of like, mm-hmm. ah, this is what I really want to be doing. I mean, like the very first example that we gave in this episode about realizing we should put all of our shit in a storage unit, that was one of the most like freeing experiences we've ever had in a mm-hmm. relationship when we were like, we can just leave it. And it was literally like a ton of bricks was lifted off of both of our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I'm fully open to spending a few months somewhere else and then being like, you know what? I'm going to fly back to Colorado and sell a bunch of our furniture, like downgrade to a much smaller unit that costs less just to keep our essentials and then explore more. Like who knows? I'm open to literally anything. Yeah. So the objective here, the moral of the story is... Try not to strong arm your way through what's going on because sometimes the universe or whatever it is is trying to tell you something. We're trying to push you in the right direction and you don't know what's happening. Yeah. Deliver what you want. Deliver what you're asking for. We could have just been like, you know what? Fine. We'll pay all of the thousands of dollars to move our shit. A couple months pass. We're like, dang, we don't want to actually be here we got to lug it all over the country again. We got to put in storage now and we have something much better and much freer instead. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, I'm going to go play basketball. (laughs) Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) No, I think you're good. I think you're feeling good today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So is that it? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Damn. We really, uh, okay, cool. Subscribe to the podcast on youtube leave us a review preferably a positive one (laughs) please leave us a five-star review itunes spotify wherever you're listening if you can review that helps us 
And hey, go check out our website. We built a website, mm -hmm. whatislifedude.com. I'm really happy with it. It looks really mm -hmm. cute. It's like mm -hmm. very satisfying. It's very aesthetically pleasing in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so go browse it, check it out. And we will talk to you in our next episode, maybe from here, maybe from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And in the future, maybe from Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yes. Bye. Bye.